clear. We are the weirdos. I am God. What? I tried to warn her. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ots Tyrion podcast. It is a deeply special day on the pod. Here I am, your co-host, Jordan Cruciola. And who am I joined by out there? I am your other co-host, Sam Weinman, in a very cute Goosebumps crop that I made. Oh, is it a crop? It's a crop. That's great. It's You're really at home in a crop. You know who else is at home in a crop? That's actually a really legitimate transition. Had to tie it in. That's a really legitimate <laughs> transition. We're not alone. Me and Sam are not alone in the room today. And, you know, it's probably legitimate of me to say um, the the buzziest guest in my heart, this side of Emerald Fennel. Uh, who who do we have? Who's on the Zoom with us? It's me, <laughs> Margot Carlson. Botcast co-host. Botcast co-host and family friend. Botcast co-host, research librarian, senior a uh, senior professor scholar of of robot cinema joining us today professor dr robot cinema <laughs> for an epic botcast otspod crossover the event of the season thanks for having me the the ev- the podcasting event of the season sam what is the thing that ties together I'm, our two editorial Jordan, agendas. I'm so excited. Today. I can't even let you finish that sentence. Like, good, I just like, good, I feel go, like I've go. had anxiety about it all day, but like that good kind, <laughs> but like also like, I don't know. I know. <laughs> because I this know. is just, this is this, we are here to talk about possibly 2001, possibly 2002, depending on where you click. Mm, mm, Jason mm. X, the mm-hmm. uh, Friday the 13th, that was bold enough to send him into space, friends. <laughs> The 10th installment. The That was bold enough to send him into space. And as it concerns the botcast and Margot, well, it all concerns Margot. Uh, this was this is a movie night movie, you guys. This is a Sam's movie night kind of movie. And this is a movie with a fucking... Is this a cyborg, Jason, Margot? Well, I would say it's fair to say that Jason gets an upgrade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One could argue. Oh, wow. Oh, you, think? you guys might want to run. And when someone gets an upgrade, they're a cyborg. There it is. But there's also, sorry, a fembot. And that's my priority. <laughs> Which is why you had to be here for this conversation. Yes. <laughs> I had forgotten until until this rewatch. It had been a long time. I'd been wanting to rewatch again, but I knew it was kind of on the tip of Sam's tongue as like possible movie night programming. So I was obviously going to wait till that celebratory kind of experience happened and then we settled on it being a bot uh uh Otspot experience Otspot. i had forgotten how fucking rad the fembot in this movie is actually she's amazing she's so funny and quippy km km 14 yeah. <laughs> icon icon she is a stand-up comedian which is drag which is camp which is gay which is queer which is podcast and she's uh, she's funnier than the person who programmed her whoa yes oh Oh my god that's ai perfect and also i forgot just how fucking hot jason is in this movie (laughs) when he comes out with his upgrade and he's like got even broader shoulders Mm -hmm. yeah I, when I first saw this movie, it was, I mean, obviously in theaters because I'm I'm old enough to. Sorry, Margo. Um, <laughs> were you like three when this came out? No, seriously, though. I was uh, three to four, depending on I love on this. So I went, I was uh, uh, an old enough to buy a ticket. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was I was uh, old enough to drive. And I uh, I went to the theater and I was like, I am in love with what this is. And I worked at Hollywood Video, so I couldn't wait to be oh, able to I'm make so sure. Oh, I'm so glad you worked at Hollywood Video and not Blockbuster. I fucking hand-sold this rental to everybody I could. Uh, this Sam, is I movie. don't think it is literally ever, for the amount that we've discussed Borders, which we should. <laughs> oh, and it'll come up um, today, trust. I don't think it has come up <laughs> one time. I think this is the moment, this is a today years old, oh I learned God. that you yeah. worked at Hollywood Video. Oh, friend, that was that was my like seventeen to eighteen year old Sam job. That was formative. That's such a root for you, yeah. That makes so much sense. I mean, it makes total sense. I just am shocked. This is the first. This is new information to me. Wow. Yeah, the very first like movie night, I had rented all three Ginger Snaps and had run them together after picking them up from Hollywood Video. We could. How many? movies did you steal per day okay so you could take out three movies per day you could take out three yes whether you were working or not unless they were advanced releases this is why i kept that job for so long because you could see movies like two to three weeks in advance Mm -hmm. and Mm. before the internet like it's just like that was gold that was Mm -hmm. like everybody wants to come hang out with you hence the birth (laughs) of you know screenings so I, I would go through and I would, whenever we got our shipment in, I would go through and pick all of like the weird trash and just pull it. And I'm telling you, I rented three movies a day every day I worked there. Every day. That's amazing. I watched hundreds of movies and also should not have been around the, sh- the shrink wrap machine because I would like shrink wrap things that were customers and not tell them. <laughs> One time, like I worked with this guy, Galen, sorry, Galen, and he left his cigarettes out. So I individually shrink wrapped every cigarette in his pack <laughs> and put them back in. I was a real prankster. That is mesmerizing. <laughs> I would be obsessed with that. And this is why you're a filmmaker today. Mm. You watched you Malcolm Gladwell. 1,000, 100,000 hours, fucking whatever it is. I think it's 10,000 10, hours to mastery. <laughs> well, so we had a VHS horror section and a DVD horror section. So I worked my way through every VHS in the VHS horror section and then started through oh the DVDs God. before I what got fired. What was the worst one you watched? You know, oh God. there. You know that movie, Um, is it, this is like, it's like Fellini- Eight and a half, nine and I was going to say, is it eight, eight and, and a half? half? Oh, yeah. I, so I worked with a bunch of people, like a bunch of blowhard straight dudes who were like, this is God. This movie is. Ever-. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'll listen. I'll, I'll give it a go. You know what? Fuck that movie. I wish I could get that time back. I talked to no. somebody else, Sam, within the last two weeks who watched eight and a half for the first time and was like, God, it took me like, it took me like three fucking times, man. This was my, oh, it was my most pretentious friend, Jason K. Wow. Love him. Um, he couldn't get through okay, it. Yeah. It took and him I, eight and a half hours. Yeah. So, it was, it was, it was terrible. It was, it was a day's worth of wasted time. Fuck it. God. Who cares? Most surprising. X, I'll watch that oh, yeah? 10 days in a row and not want to yes. put on eight and a half for breaks. I would say my most surprising watch was Modern mm-hmm. Vampires. And I came to it because I, there was Freeway was Freeway was on the DVD shelf. Yeah. Freeway 2 was only in the VHS oh. section. So when I got to Freeway 2, I was like, okay, I need to know what else, what else they did. And that was Modern <laughs> Vampires. You've been a very naughty boy, haven't you? And she's an outcast. I drive a stick to her heart. And that would be absolutely wonderful. Now to protect her. Anyways. Oh, my so. God. 
just throwing it out there. Lots of, lots of beautiful things in the VHS My section. My nightly routine was when I lived at home, when I could drive, was to go to block, uh, go to Hollywood Video because it was open till midnight, somewhere between like 10 p.m. and midnight, mm-hmm. and to get a movie. And I did that probably at least five times a week. It's the good day. And Marco, I know, listen, how, let me ask you, what what is your experience <laughs> with this? Um. Yeah, go ahead. So like as a person who did not grow up in an age when you had to commit to the movie. Like, you can watch something, click it, and turn it off. What is it Mm -hmm. like for you when you start watching something you don't like? Like, for me, I had to keep watching Eight and a Half because that's what I rented that night, right? (laughs) I I really strongly felt that conviction regardless of the freedom and privilege I had. I The first time I ever stopped watching a movie, I was on a date with this guy in college. I didn't remember his name anytime I met him, but he worked at a chai tea cafe. So I always called him chai guy. So I was on a date with chai guy and we went to see a movie and like 15 minutes in, he leaned over. It was the death of Stalin, by the way. Oh he my leaned over. God. He was like, I really want to go home and like hook up. Do you, you want to do that? And I was like, yeah, fine. I'm, meaty and uh, we're in college to this day D- year of yes to this day I regret it like I've never <laughs> seen the end of the movie and I wish I could get that movie back in my life that's the the satire right like I'm Armando yeah, it seemed really funny all-star cast I was like I would much rather be watching this than hooking up with you chai guy yes also bye after bye, we chai up, guy. he kept turning on he kept putting on trailers not not trailers he kept putting on music videos for heavy metal. Oh. And it was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> doing here. So in all of that time, there were only, I will, to answer your question, which I somehow avoided, there were only two things Please. I ever stole from my workplace. One. <laughs> Great. Were the caps of Mountain Dew bottles that had expired, but the freebies inside them didn't. Oh, like you could win okay. a free t-shirt oh, or a free drink. That's huge. When I, I would take out the trash and I would fucking open those suckers and pocket that. Okay. Number two. Perfect. I stole, and this ties back to the pod, I stole the DVD art for Jason X out of the cover of one of the DVDs because, <gasps> because there was no poster and I wanted it on my room, uh, on the wall of my room. Was that the oh one God, with the like big a X? Tiny... It's like his mask with the X. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. His hot mask. It was, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's something I was willing to risk my job. <laughs> wow. And worth it. And now so Hollywood Video went out of business. Now. It's probably my fault. They couldn't survive. Hollywood video went out of business. It's your fault for taking that. So I, you know, Sam's a person of influence. I'm not going to say it wasn't because I'm not going to underestimate Sam's power. My mom wouldn't argue you. <laughs> I, I now would we love. Have, yeah, I was going to say we have we have an important bit of business, as I understand it, Sam, for um, obviously we're, we're a podcast of content. Oh, my God, my heart's beating. Yeah, Sam is <laughs> Sam is Sam is jacked up for this. Um, I don't my, mind you, friends. I don't know where this is going. Uh, I don't believe unless they sidebarred. Margot knows where this is going, but Sam no, has some establishing section that he wants to lay out here for the Jason X convo. Where are we going with this, Sam? I want to talk to you all about why I believe Britney Spears is responsible for Jason X. Okay, I was wondering. <laughs> I was kind of. I was like, if we no. hadn't done a willa ford episode i was gonna be like this could be a willa ford moment but and it could have still been it this? could have still been it could have still been I, it, it, go on in Sam. order to but in order this is why i'm like so excited because in order to understand like i have to take you on a tiny journey 
No, we have to have a timeline. We have to have a timeline. We're going to travel right to 1999 because Jason X oftentimes, like we're like, okay, throw him into space and then that's fodder for laughter. It's like we've got Leprechaun in space and we've got Jason in space and one of the pinheads in space, right? But like Jason X is more than an in-space movie because it's a remix. So let's talk about- Before the remix was du jour. Right. The before the Michael Bayization of horror took place and Platinum Dunes came in and instituted the remake of we'd obviously had House on Haunted Hill and The Haunting in like 1999 that are like, hey guys, we're redoing stuff. But this isn't a redo. This mm-hmm. is This is a remix. And this is why. So, or this is why. <laughs> but our journey starts August 24th, 1999, with the hit single, You Drive Me Crazy, the Stop Remix. Stop! So, why? So, Britney Spears is 17 years old, and this movie called Next to You, which, by the way, terrible title, was retitled Drive Me Crazy so that they could package and sell this single, which would be the third <gasps> single off of her album. Now, her and second is single. the most memorable part of Drive Me Crazy, Absolutely. so they were correct on that one. While the first one, obviously Baby One More Time was a mega hit, sometimes was a hit, but it was already slipping. So, they were like, what do we do? They remixed it. Because Drive Me Crazy, the original, not great. You want, and it, it's it's fine. It's is this just, a come on over baby situation? It is a come on over baby situation, wow. but it happened first. I have, so. I literally have never heard the non, I think, remixed version. A lot of, of cowbell. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and so it's like, oh no. And also, by the way, the only reason worth, like, as you said, Drive Me Crazy, that is the best part. It is the, the only reason to watch Drive Me Crazy, Crazy is the DVD extra feature where we watch Britney Spears serving milkshakes with some of the cast. <laughs> She's so hot in that. Well, so Drive Me Crazy has Christmas icon Melissa Joan Hart, who we know now does know her from Christmas movies, but back then was like kind of a, a star. Like she had done she Sabrina, Sabrina the Teenage, Teenage Witch. Witch, right? Yeah. And uh, and so they yeah. do this song refresh for the movie, but by the way, not for now. That now for now this that's what I call music. Like the compilation God, that used that to have all the four? singles. It was only four back then, and they and it was the oh my God. old version. So if you wanted this new remix, you had to buy the soundtrack, which it was fine because it also included a remix of I Want It That Way, but terrible because it was also like secretly peddling Jesus Jesus music like a lot of these teen shows. Like, no. Surprise, it's Christian, a Brett Bailey special. Totally. So <laughs> this like this song is basically, you've already purchased the Britney Spears album. It's not going to be re-released as a bonus track, so you're spending another $16. So what happens? That's what you're doing in 99. All right. So let me take you to Japan. So in Japan... What? When did we get here? Nobody knows a Japanese export like Sam Weinman. <laughs> Nobody. This is, this is it. In Japan, Drive Me Crazy only charted for like two weeks. It peaked at number 80 and it disappeared. They didn't <gasps> like the song. Why? I don't know. It's a, it's a perfect song. That's fine. It's a fucking banger. <laughs> so here's what happens. They have a fuck ton of CDs, right? Because they had this CD single because they didn't have the same movie tie-in we did. So we don't have the movie single because they're trying to sell soundtracks. So, in an age where Napster, the only way to download music, is only two 
months old, literally two months old, and it would Jesus. clog up your fucking phone lines all day. Your parents oh would God, hate I you. Ruined our home computer, and you can't even know until it's done downloading whether or not it's that or it's just a phone call or something. You know, it could be anything <laughs> you downloaded. One song take like a be like sixty minutes left, and you're like, yeah, yes. like score. <laughs> I found it. And to add to that, now that's what I call four doesn't even have it. So what the fuck are you to do if you're trying to find the biggest song in America right now? Will you buy the import single? <laughs> the import single. Is this like single. something you can buy at a Sam Goody at the time? Yes. Or you could a buy it. You could buy it at Best Buy. I bought mine at my local CD shop. Or uh, it, it's It was something that you could actually import or that they imported and put in the section. Yeah. From Japan. S- from Japan. I remember the imports hard copy section. That yeah. went on to become the 12th best-selling Britney Spears CD in Japan ever. Oh, my God. So that wow. – but Japan wasn't selling them. But a market was born, right? So <laughs> now this song float like this kept her as like the biggest star. So think like we're moving ahead slightly only like May 9th, 2000. Mandy Moore's first album, right? Like it peaked at 31 on Billboard. Her first single, Candy, 41. Walk Me Home, 39. So she's like kind of fizzling out. But she arrives at her third single. And Britney Spears just did Drive Me Crazy as her third single with the mm-hmm. remix. So her team is like, let's get her on a soundtrack. Center stage Wait, Mandy comes out. And Brit- Sam, Mandy and Britney were oh coming God. to their third singles around the same time? No. So Britney's was in okay. August. Okay. So, but August and then around the same time, Mandy actually released in um, shortly after that her first album. And that's okay. what okay. peaked at 39. So then you scoot forward to May and, and it's, it's fizzling out. And they're like, well, what worked for her? So they put her on the center stage soundtrack. Great. Soundtrack, oh check. They're like, but we got to do a remix. Well, it didn't really work because they didn't sell it everywhere. So they had to do something that had both her original songs and remixes. So they repackaged her debut album, called it I Want to Be With You, included three new remixes, five new songs, made I Want to Be With You the lead single. And guess what? It fucking sold. It, it is her, to this day, Mandy Moore's highest highest selling single is I Want to Be With You, which peaked at 24. And by the way, really? Yes. And it included remixes by um, the infamous Wade Robson, who was who um, Wade oh Robson choreographed and sync and Britney stuff, and may or may not have broken up Britney and Justin. I am like so in awe watching this happen in real time instead of just listening to it. On <laughs> <laughs> it's just there's too it's, much. This is like you are an expert. I'm trying to tell you it all, but I don't want to like I'm skipping things because there's just too much. But this I'm, is the important stuff. So literally jaw on the floor. Well, in quintessentially quintessentially Wade Robson also a central figure in the yes. eventual Michael Jackson documenting yes, of he was. abuse and trauma. Like Wade Robson is a fascinating figure of 2000s pop culture and a very talented DJ by the way. I, I like listen, they are two of the best Mandy Moore remixes to exist. I would start with Candy but that. also check out So Real. And Todrick Hall wishes <laughs> Todrick Hall wishes he had what Wade Robson had. Oh god, it was so special. And so to put it in perspective, this is also a not uniquely American thing, but a somewhat American thing. Like when they released this in the UK, they pulled the remixes. 
They just mm. kept the new songs and some of the old ones. So it's still... The UK doesn't know what to do with music. <laughs> Drag them. Wait, also, it's why they keep elaborate. exporting their bands over here. Um, the British are invading because they I don't just, know what to do. I think, and look, no offense to the UK listeners of Ozterion, but I just think they're about 10 years behind and $2 short <laughs> of having taste in music that is as good as American taste in music. Well, you know what? In the case of Mandy Moore and this album, it's true because with just one single instead of two, she sold almost just as many albums of this reissued album as they did the first, which leads me to July 11th, 2000, Christina Aguilera. Come on over, Come baby. on over, baby. Which I hope is, you have said, either Extina or specifically Come on over, baby is going to get a whole mini. So maybe that's the move, the move we're in right now, but. I, I need you to know that this song was formerly Come on over, parentheses, All I Want Is You. All and I what Want Is You. And what I am here to talk to you about is Come on over, baby. baby. Come on over, remix. All I Want Is You is, no? if you only know Come on over, baby, Come on over, All I Want Is You is borderline unlistenable yes if you have if you have an emotional and sensorial attachment to come on over baby and then come on over all i want is you is foist upon you it's it in itself i'm not going to say is an objectively bad song but it is so out of step with what your body wants to reflexively do to the song that it's like turn it off turn it off turn it off turn it off a white woman in her 30s cover like a hip-hop song on the guitar yes <laughs> and I, she's doing like a jazz I mean, it, version of it no but it is, it is i a, mean it it's, is it's a slow it's a mid-tempo like, jam margo it's a mid-tempo jam very comparative you'll the, see very similar to drive me crazy yeah it's maybe the fastest song like on her album actually the remix of it that is come on over Until this point, so Christina Aguilera had released three singles. The first two were number ones, and then I turned to you happen, and people didn't really listen to it, even though it was beautiful. And of course, I had the the import single of that, or the sorry, the regular CD single of that too. One or two number one or two best Xtina song ever, and that's agreed. Agreed. So when it came to her third club hit, Mm. what are they going to do? It's it's third territory. Well, they got (laughs) to remix it. They're like, fuck, it worked for her, and it worked for her. Come on over, baby. And do you remember Willa Ford's third song, third single? I don't. I know that's, that's okay. terrible because I'm not sure which one came first. No, 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 that's not terrible. I think because did you understand that was 
the second single and I think they didn't do a third single. They had a promotional single and that was why there was no video. So it never happened. Yeah. Yeah. That, she never made it. At her that time, if there was no video, it didn't happen. Exactly. It, it was like a promotional single isn't real. That's they're not yeah. going to play. Nobody's going to play that. So, okay. So at up until this point though, Christina Aguilera had zero creative control. That was what she, this is what she says. So this is the mm-hmm. first song, this remix, quote, remix is the first song she had significant creative control. So she reworked wow. it, rewrote it, re-sang it. There, there's like a new bridge. I mean, she really oh, significantly the, changed the song. The bridge of this song is so fucking good. I had no idea. She, this was like her first yes. foray into like actually doing and it was production a, work on her own a music. prelude to dirty because you know you see her low lights Fuck you yeah. see what what she's wearing and she's she's like she making is a wearing promise. low lights you're so right she says this is my fourth single but this is my new career <laughs> right and it's like oh, and sobbing. this song goes to number one so guess what shit's working out for remixes right now yeah so when we get to August fourth then mm-hmm. McDonald's this is like very shortly after. McDonald's does something that I've shared with you guys before. They release <laughs> NSYNC, Britney Spears, your number yes. one request, dot, 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 and more. Now, not only are they trying to capitalize on TRL by, like, kind of taking request. that language and, and moving yeah. it around. But for $4.99, you could buy an eight-track CD, and each one had bonus tracks. Or basically, they took all of the import CD bonus tracks that yeah. had that didn't appear in the U.S. and put them on this one compilation. It's amazing. But they also gave two exclusive remixes that were really fucking good. A great remix of Bye 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 and a great re- remix of Oops, I Did It Again. And mm. these things sold out so fast. They were supposed to last until the 24th. I, they did not. Like, this was like, could <laughs> not Surprise, keep them on bitch. the shelves. We need, like, big, big franchises that are, like, mostly responsible for destroying the planet to start doing creative stuff like this again. Like, exactly. I think that will save the world. <laughs> So I'm only showing you these big highlights because they all affected cultural change. And I'm going to give you two examples of, well, one more. And an example of how it worked, an example of how it didn't. Mm -hmm. Right? Which led us to horror. So April 20th, Dream releases This Is Me, the remix. Now, look, you and I, God, I love that fucking song. We are Dream fans. But you prefer the original. We are Dream fans. Both of us. All two of us. But you love the original, right? (laughs) Yes, I do love the original. Which is totally fine. It came out two months before this. And interestingly, mm-hmm. because This Is Me is such a different song, they took the lead from Christina Aguilera and just reworked it, right? Like, it's like, this is really a different song melodically. Like, it's a completely yeah. different thing. Okay. They debut it on TRL. And guess what? It fucking peaks at number one. And it makes them the first girl group. Dream. Melissa. Diana. Ashley. Was that the only time Dream went to number one there on TRL? This is the first time any girl group went to number one. And it's their third single, which is just the second single again. Wow. So this is peaking. Like, this is happening. This is 2001. This is the moment of the remix. And And I think this is is a real testament to um, scarcity as it existed before digital ubiquity and sort of the onset, obviously, of, like, mass 
accessibility of online music because that was your chance like it, it was like catching an episode of tv when it was on because you weren't you didn't know when it was going to play again in syndication or if it ever would you didn't know if there was going to be some fucking box release of your favorite treasured episodes kind of situation so like if that single came out and you loved it well yep. you got to have that well then you got to chase the remix well if you didn't like the first song they're going to remix it. the studio wants you to totally forget about that last thing and they're going to shove that thing forward on you be like this is the moment this is now that's it you've got to buy it you've got to have it because your other choice is to go listen to the radio and fucking right. hope so you need it if you didn't have it and you need it if you did like either yes. way you need the yes one. you needed it because and you to needed be clear, it in your walkman everything i've mentioned these are singles with videos like i'm talking yeah. about high profile releases where you often cannot find the song anywhere that's yeah, what's right. amazing about it. Like the song, like Come On Over Baby, that wasn't on the album. That was only on a CD single that you could buy, right? That's the only place to get it. And when that was, I, that's amazing. I can't even imagine living in that world. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine. And folks, that's sincere. And these are the songs that were playing on the radio, not the original. So you're hearing these songs. Right. They're part of a cultural moment. That's your school dance. And if your if your CD store is out of the CD single, that's it. Sorry, that's it. So right, you're just not hearing it. This is where um, Jessica Simpson's weirdo dad comes in. I was gonna say, please tell me we're getting to Jessica <laughs> no. Simpson. You knew it was gonna happen because, because is, this, is this is this 2001? Is this 2001? It's 2001. Jordan, what happened in 2001? Oh boy, Joe Simpson. Well, namely, <laughs> 9/11. We're 21 years out, so we can just say it like that it. now. Um, and, uh, but you know, you know what else suffered on that day that wasn't just the two towers and everyone inside in a nation of global war on terror. Um, the career of Jessica Simpson really took a hit and Joe Simpson, her father (laughs) would go on record just like the towers (laughs) to say that very thing. Oh yeah. Would draw the direct comparison to the devastation on September 11th, 2001, to the mm-hmm. deleterious effects that knocking Jessica Simpson's release date would have on her career. And he was right to. Well, here's what I'm just also like a add. good pastor, just like a good pastor should say, you know, just like a good <laughs> man of God. He blames slow out, like slow radio play or whatever for nine or 9/11 for that. But guess what? Irresistible bombed when it came out in April of 2001. That's five months before 9-11. Okay, so before too deep down the Joe zone, because we can't, I just want to say they were like, fuck, we have to do something. And so they remixed it with Lil Bow Wow. And everybody was like, what? Oh, no. Hold on. Uh, the remix who? giveth and the remix taketh away. You know what model in the street don't want paper like we just want a lot of ideas on the beat. Like Dub said on the six. Irresistible to all chicks. Listen to the remix. Don't you try to tell me that it's not my type. The idol I feel inside. When it makes me weak with Now, here's what a funny thing happened, right? It didn't redeem itself on the charts. Nobody was like, we got to hear this. But it gave it some weird street cred for being gimmicky, and 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 it became kind of like a culty song. <laughs> so it, <laughs> so they ended up in two thousand two releasing a remix album with oh that on God. it, amongst other remixes. <laughs> so okay, the exception that proves the rule, truly. <laughs> I want. I never I think, understood what that statement meant, but now I do. I, I think we need to cite too. We we should not talk about. We cannot talk about remixes of two thousand one without saying. Jaw rule, Jennifer. Well, Lopez. That, that's I'm real. This is my last stop. Okay. I mean, it, because go. this is Fantastic. the big one. I, 
it it kind of did it defined i think the remix i i this is the because this is gave us the j-lo we know today yes yes this gave us this this defined her her complete deviation from what she was doing because her first album she also like christina aguilera said she had zero control over it um mm-hmm. and she felt mm-hmm. like with her second album j-lo she had more control but mm-hmm. it was still heavily dance. So because so she pushed for like she wanted just like a remix for her guess what single? Third. Third. Her third <laughs> single. I'm real. Margot's got it, you guys. So her third single, I'm real, comes out, does not play anywhere. She gets it Again, remixed. If you've only experienced the remix song. of I'm Real, it you is guys. A different song with the and same you name. listen to I'm Real Standard Edition. You will pick your radio up and throw it across the room. Like, get get behind me, <laughs> Satan. Like, absolutely fucking not. This is not the song. This is not the jam that took over our lives. Yep. So just six months after the original album comes out, I'm Real, the murder remix comes out. And it is, murder. it takes over the radio forever. This song forever. This was Despacito of 2001, you guys. This was the this was it. And and when you picked up your CD and you went to listen to it, it wasn't there. But in July, they did do a brief reissue of it as a bonus track. But they realized because it was selling so fucking much that it wasn't enough. And they needed to change everything about what J-Lo was going to do moving forward. So they released J to the L-O, the remix say, album. Tell me the title. Tell me the title. Ain't It Funny, which, which was basically the same song again. But like they did the same kind of thing with another song. Ain't It Funny. It's got Ja Rule. Yeah. And that became J-Lo's second number one album. Wow, the power of the remix. So what and, and I'm you know, talking her, about. Her, her movie soundtrack album that came out, uh, what was it? Is that movie Marry Me? Is that the Marry one Me, Marry Me, Say Yes. Perhaps her best album since J-Lo. <laughs> since that. You know what? I'm going to agree. It's an excellent album. I'm not even knocking Jennifer Lopez. It's an excellent album. Mm-hmm. But J to the L-O. J to the L-O. The remixes. J to the Affleck. And so, I mean, <laughs> interestingly, J to the L-O and... Uh, and also uh, Jessica Simpson out here releasing, quote, this is the remix. I just love it. So this is an age, right, where suddenly we have, like, there's scarcity but still digital accessibility. There's home software for the first time where people are producing their own stuff so they can take these bits and pieces and kind of remix mm-hmm. and put it on Na- Napster. And at the same time, we're experiencing pop music and pop culture fatigue because mm-hmm. we've had so much mm-hmm. monoculture and people are looking for options. They're looking for choices and they want the same thing but different. And that is literally the remix. So when it, we arrive at horror, look at 2000. We've got Leprechaun in the Hood. Not Leprechaun in Space, Leprechaun in the Hood, which is a complete reinvention of what they're doing, but with the same guy. We've got Dracula 2000. Hey, how about Dracula with vitamin C? And it's modern times. And Gerard Butler is Dracula. There it is. Why not? These things were soft, I feel like, soft moves forward towards what we get when evil gets an upgrade in 2001 with Jason X. Because... 
Jason Goes to Hell happened in 1993, like right before that. And even though it, they, it made like five times its budget, like no joke, five times its $3 million budget. It, it was seen as like a failure because Amazing. fans didn't want New Jason. Like New Jason was like New Coke. They were like, I don't want New Jason. Right. I, But they also didn't want Old Jason either because the one before that went to Manhattan and it was boring. So fans like. And he only saw one alleyway. One Jason, Jason takes the alley. <laughs> yeah. That is that movie. And After so, a being on Jason a boat the whole boat. movie. But they're not going to let this like hot ass franchise die just because fans don't know what they want. So what do they do? They remix Jason. Remix mm-hmm, Jason. Mm-hmm. It's not new Jason. It's not old Jason. This is uber Jason. <laughs> Love it. I think you're exactly right. This is a whole different movie than anything we've seen before in the franchise. Yes. We get, because it's not like, yes, the old creature Jason shows up as we'll discuss when we dive into the movie, but like, the movie is a different movie. It's, it's so totally different. different. It's hilarious. It's campy. It's like it's a it's a spoof Jason movie. It is a spoof Jason, but a hundred percent sincere at the same time. Yes. I just think the reason why I this movie, as we is, know on this podcast, camp doesn't exist. But if it did, it would be Jason it would be X. Exactly. It'd be Jason X. <laughs> I appreciate you all letting me talk you through this because with Jason coming out at the end of two thousand one slash beginning of two thousand two, depending on where you lived. It just like it feels like it is an extension of this moment where we're getting options and it seemed like a good idea at the time. Obviously, Jason <laughs> sure. X people weren't ready for it, but it was That's on them. You can see when you look at like the pop culture that they're trying to tap into, they're really looking at this moment and being like, "Well, how do we do that?" Because this moment's happening mm-hmm. everywhere. So, my question for you, Margo, is sort of in this time when you know, you're a child. You're a child of the of the zeros, but you're an you're a you're a an, in your formative years among the tens. Sure. Was there hmm. was there a point when you started like noticing or giving a shit? Um, and the answer doesn't have to be yes. Uh, it, that of like the sort of media violence of the two thousands and sort of like when you became like a conscious consumer of things and you were obviously extremely intelligent and very scholarly sort of you're like, oh, in your in your approach to research and knowledge. Was this a time that, you know, perhaps, I don't know, maybe just because me and Sam can't stop talking about it or in your own independent life, you were like, man, the 2000s were super fucked. I'm glad I didn't really like, I'm glad I wasn't really registering a ton of shit at that time. Um, It's interesting coming at it from the perspective of someone who lived through it, but wasn't aware of yeah. it, what was going on while it was happening until, wasn't like fully lucid, really. Like I... You know, I'm a 90s. I was born mid 90s. I was coming up in the aughts, but I was also from a very conservative Christian household. So almost all of that media I was not consuming anyway. Mm. I was taught that Britney Spears was not to be listened to or consumed or enjoyed when she. Yeah, it was like that's that's child abuse. (laughs) You're so right. Call CPS. (laughs) You're so right. My girl, Britney. (laughs) <laughs> I know like that's that's and and so by the time by the time I was like consuming my own like seeking out media to consume mm-hmm. in the stage of my life when I was like rebelling by making my own choices I was seeking out really really edgy stuff mm. so like Avenged Sevenfold like songs about like horrible shit yeah and 
Um, and plenty like, available like, too yeah. at that time. Oh my God. Yeah. And so it was like, I don't think I became aware until I entered adulthood, like what was going on in the nineties to me and my peers, because like I was, I, to me in that time, it was like, that was when I was sheltered. And then like 2010, I was like getting into the emo scene. <laughs> <laughs> you and Sam both. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, yeah. oh, no yeah. denial here. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my yeah. eyeliner d- had a very good decade. The hair straightening era, big time. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>